Welcome to Under the Influence Podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes, and on today's episode, I am chatting with the Pinterest marketing strategist, Vanessa Kynes. Vanessa is so enthralled in Pinterest and just really has her finger on the pulse when it comes to driving traffic, how to leverage Pinterest, and even how and even how to leverage website traffic or traffic back to your website. She's just a genius when it comes to this. So this episode is full of really, really good tips, value, and strategy. So if you're like me and you don't quite really involve yourself in Pinterest that much, she's somebody that you really want to listen to because I feel like a lot of us leave a lot of money on the table when we're not leveraging ourselves on certain social media platforms. And again, Pinterest is something that could be driving so much traffic back to your different platforms, whether that's Instagram, whether that's a YouTube channel, or just your website. Vanessa averages over 200,000 monthly viewers on Pinterest, and she works with some amazing clients, some top name brands. And I'm really excited to kind of dive in with into this episode with her. Um, we also talk a lot about really what it means to give back to your community. Vanessa shared some really, really awesome insight on social good and, you know, really what it means for influencers to be giving back. So this episode is really, really amazing. And again, she mentioned so much value. I'm going to put all of it in the show notes and I'm excited for you guys to listen because I love really value heavy episodes like this. I mean, this is something that she literally makes money off of, and she's providing all of it for you guys on this episode. So get your notepad out, really get ready to listen and dive in. Again, this is a heavy strategy episode, but it is fucking unreal and amazing. And I'm so, so thrilled that she offered all of this insight and value to us. So without further ado, let's get down to it. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of both the Influence Movement and Eckes Marketing. Today on the show, I have Vanessa Kynes, the Pinterest marketing guru. Vanessa is amazing and she averages over 200,000 monthly views on her Pinterest alone. She is the ultimate Pinterest strategist. I'm so excited to pick her brain. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Whitney. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So Vanessa, can you tell us, you know what, it's, let me back up. I feel like Pinterest is such a different animal in the social media world. We see major traffic being sent from Pinterest to things like websites, YouTube channels, even other social media platforms. How did you get started in this realm? Yeah, well, great question. So I'm a mom to three kiddos and I was really looking for a way to work from home and just and just basically work on something that was a little bit different from just doing stuff in the house. 
And so one of my best friends was a really successful home interior blogger. And she um, invited me to basically come and like overhaul some of her content strategy. So things like Facebook and Pinterest. And the more that I worked on her account and watched how much money she was making from traffic and from affiliate sales on her website, I grew to love Pinterest because it's such a powerful platform at driving traffic to our site. So obviously I started working with her. She told her other friends who are influencer and that influencers and that's basically history. So basically I've received a lot of um, clients from referrals and the same thing over and over again with the right Pinterest strategy, just amazed at the ability for um, traffic to come to their site. Yeah, that it, it, it is. I feel like we see so many people kind of pushing Pinterest. Can you explain, maybe like even dive into like a very basic strategy of like how you get, you know, this traffic to come from Pinterest and pushed over to whatever website or social media handle that you want? Yeah, so Pinterest has over 250 million year, um, users. The majority of them are women, and I think like over 2 billion searches a month. So Pinterest is basically a visual search discovery engine, and it's, um, it's the place where people go when they want to explore new ideas and find actionable content. So if you know exactly what you're looking for, let's say you wanted to purchase a pair of Nike tennis shoes, you don't go to Pinterest, you go to Amazon or Zappos.com, and you just make the purchase. But Pinterest is more than that. It's coming with an idea that you want to explore floor and entering in keywords into the search bar at the top. And those keywords are how the Pinterest marketer can be explored and discovered. So the basic strategy is you create content, you create pin images. So if you notice that pin, um, Pinterest likes to use like two by three, so it's a little bit longer than it is wide. And you create those pins for your content and you use keywords to get found on the platform to drive people back to your site. So that's the basic strategy. So if you're already creating content, you're already blogging, you might as well go ahead and take it a step further and optimize your profile on Pinterest to get clicks from the platform over to your website. I love that. I love that it's kind of, it's, you make it sound so simple. <laughs> so, I mean, that's amazing that it's really is, you know, like if you're already creating this content, you're just going ahead and, you know, using these, leveraging these keywords in order to get people back to their site. What are some um, like big wins that you've seen from like clients or even yourself of like leveraging Pinterest to either get brand deals or to get massive amounts of traffic back to their website? Yeah. Well, when we think about like influencer marketing and brand deals, we all look to a media kit. When you go to a, you go to work to a brand, you obviously present them with a media kit and you might show them how many sessions you're getting on your website a month. And that number, that session, so we literally mean like a visit to someone's website are really, really valuable at being able to charge your worth and what you want to be able to charge sponsors. So like, for example, my clients in the home decor niche have had chances They've worked with Home Depot, they've worked with Pier One, they've worked with um, World Market, like different stores that we probably visit all the time. And I mean, they're able to present the numbers, the pure data that they have to these brands and say, if you work together with me, I can create a video, you're going to get this many views from Pinterest, this many views from Facebook, this many views from SEO and Google searches, as well as Instagram. So I think there's just power in the numbers of being able to show a brand, how much you're worth and how much visibility their content is going to get when they choose to work with you. 
I love that. I feel like that's so amazing to hear. And I love that they're working with these bigger name brands. I mean, that's, again, kind of being someone that has like one foot into the Pinterest game and really one foot out of it. It's really interesting to hear the side of it, especially I love that you mentioned the media kit. I feel like that's something now that we're even seeing on our end, like when we go to do influencer marketing or when we're representing a personal brand, we always ask, you know, number one, to see their media kit and number two, to make sure that we're constantly updating their media kit with the correct stats. Absolutely. And I think there's a really interesting aspect to creating one piece of content. So there's a lot of cross pollination that you can do. So if you create one blog post, you can take that blog post and market, market it on Pinterest. You're using Pinterest pins. You could take one or many images from those blog posts and turn them into squares on Instagram. You can get on an Instagram story and talk about how you created this content, whether it's makeup or home decor or fashion or something else. And then obviously you can post it on Facebook and then also you can optimize that one post for search engine. So I think a lot of people get overwhelmed because they think all their efforts might go towards one platform. But I think, oh, and the next thing you can do too is even create a YouTube video that is about that content. But I think that people should be working smarter and not harder and taking that one piece of content and stretching it across all their platforms. Because a lot of times, People are coming to you at different points in their journey. Someone may know nothing about you and find you in a Google search, jump on your website, join your email list, or even hop on over to Instagram from your website, follow you there, and then become a fast fan quickly. So we just never really know where people are entering into your total funnel, I guess, so to speak, um, whether it's from Pinterest, Google, or even Facebook. So I think it's important to kind of think holistically as well as diversifying your traffic to, to grow your followership. I love that. And I love too, that you also, you provide so much value on your website. Like you have multiple courses, you have a blog, you even have like video tutorials. So yes. you tell us about some of like the services that you offer for your clients. Yeah, so I do Pinterest management and I obviously take their content and I optimize it on the platform using keywords and I write their pin descriptions. I also organize their Pinterest queue. So I use a tool that I love and it's called Tailwind. And what it does, and you can actually use Tailwind for Instagram as well, but Tailwind allows you to create a Pinterest queue to keep you active on the platform. And so by maintaining a queue of pins that can go out every day, it allows you to stay active on the platform, even with as little as five pins a day, without having to babysit it. Because Pinterest headquarters have told us over and over again that you need to go onto the platform daily and pin something. They will not... Um, they will not promote an account that comes on once a month and pins, let's say, 50 pins at once. They really prefer for you to break it down. So I help my clients take the content, the fabulous content they're already creating, and get it optimized on Pinterest so they can get clicks back to their site. The other things that I do, I also offer consults. So if you're working with a team and you just need some strategy to help you figure out what your Pinterest goals could be and how you can optimize your profile, I also do um, consult calls. And then I also do setups where I can set up your profile and kind of get it ready to go. And then I hand, hand it back over for you to take over. So this is, those are some of the ways that I work with clients. I feel like the management asset is probably so nice for someone to have that. And I'm like, I didn't know that you had to be posting daily. When you say daily, is that like five days a week or are we talking like the full seven days? Yeah. I mean, really, like, I think if you can get in there five days a week, you would do really well. But most people, I think what they do that one of the biggest mistakes is they take that one 
piece of content and they put it on there once and then they step away from the platform, you know, for a month or so, or maybe only once a week. And you're really going to see the most action and the most visibility on your content if you're using the platform, just like any other platform. I mean, if you have an Instagram following and you're only coming on once a week, you're not going to see the same results that you would see if you're on there, you know. Absolutely. Every day. I love that. So tell us if like, you know, if we're a beginner for my beginners out there and for people that maybe really haven't ever really experienced with or had an experience with Pinterest, what are some good tips for your beginning pinner? Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is you need to, to get a business profile. So I'm asked all the time, like, should you convert a current account? Like if you've just been using Pinterest as a user or should you start a new account? I always ask people, have you been pinning the types of content that that interests you and that relates to your content now? So for example, if you've been pinning fashion and makeup and um, home decor for years, then I would go ahead and just convert that account because you'll get to keep the followers that you have now. And those followers might be the type of people who are still interested in the content that you pin. So you do have to um, turn your Pinterest account into a business profile in the terms of services. And once you um, turn it over, you basically get a Pinterest profile, which if you go on the Pinterest platform right now, it's like this um, background that shows all your content at the top and then shows your profile information. And it looks different from a user's profile from someone who's just using Pinterest personally. And the reason why Pinterest did that, and I've talked to them about that, is they wanted to be more... Um, they wanted to make it easier for brands to identify what the influencers were doing on the platform. So I think it's actually really neat to see the ways that Pinterest is trying to become more of an influencer platform. So once you have your business profile, then you need to set up, let's say, 10 boards that are niche related. So when I say niche related, you need to choose 10 keywords that relate to the type of content you're creating. So for example, you're doing marketing, influencer marketing. So you might have a board, influencer marketing, you might have a fashion board, a lifestyle board, um, blogging tips, social media tips, et cetera, et cetera. And you want to make sure that those boards are keywords that people are searching for. One of the mistakes I see all the time is people will set up boards and they'll be really cute names. Like if they had a dessert board, they would call it yum or this looks tasty or something cute. But really when we want to make sure those boards are super searchable and have board titles that have the types of things that people are searching. So once you have your board set up, then you basically need to decide where your content is going to go. So if you have one blog post that's about fashion, I think, and I recommend that you can take that one pin and pin it five different times into five different boards that relate. So you just want to make sure that you're taking your content and spreading it all over your boards and not just putting it into one content board. So those are some of the best ways to get started on Pinterest. It's just really getting a grasp on where you fit in and what types of keywords really connect to the content you're creating. So let me ask you, you know, you do so much work in Pinterest and I really feel like you just have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the strategy. You know, what is the passion behind the drive and what kind of led you to really wanting, I mean, you kind of told your story about Pinterest and saying, you know, how quickly your friend grew and how much you really enjoyed it. But what's the passion behind, you know, running and managing other people's Pinterests? You know, as an introvert, I really don't like to be um, in the spotlight and being the center of attention. It's just something that's never been about me. But I absolutely love 
lifting up and shining a light towards my clients who are, you know, who are the influencers. So for me, it really drives me to be on a team, to work collaboratively, to see that data grows. So whether it's like watching their traffic grow on their website, um, I know it sounds I know it sounds silly, but I really do love to lift them up and work together on a team. So that really drives me. Um, I'm really driven by feedback and just by making um, and by making people shine. So for me, that's really motivating. I love that so much. So in your own words, Vanessa, what do you think the word influence means? So yeah, I really thought about this. Um, so for me, an influencer is someone who you value and you trust and as they're communicating with you, whether it's on Instagram stories or through their content, you begin to realize you align with their their values and maybe even their brand values. So in exchange for all that trust and all that value, you're going to be motivated to buy the types of products that they recommend. And I think that when when that connection is made and when you really connect with an influencer, it's an easy sell, right? They don't have to push a product on you hard. That when they recommend something, you're just so in tune to what they're um, presenting that you're just ready to buy. And so to me, an influencer, it just helps me get from A to Z a lot quicker because they've brought in um, the content and the content serves me well. So I love the relationship that the influencer has towards the people they influence. I love that. Was there someone that was a, like an influential person like in your life while you were building your business? Yeah, I can think of so many people, but one of the people that really um, stood out to me was Sarah Blakely. You know, she created Spanx and I actually still have my Spanx from high school. Like if that attests to how comfortable. I think I have a pair too. <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't go out of style, right? Like they yeah. still perform the same way they did in high school. But I really love that she is a champion of female entrepreneurs, that she doesn't hide that she is also balancing her, her, her home life. And she also brings a lot of humor into it. And I just like the, the way that she interacts with people on her Instagram, as well as even on the Shark Tank, like I just love watching her champion women, no matter what stage they are and journey they are in their business. So she's been really influential to me. That's amazing. I think that's a great person to especially look to and like aspire to be like in some sense, because I mean, yeah, she has built an empire, but I think you're right. Like the sense of humor, the managing the family, you know, those are all very, very really real, real things. And I feel like that brings out like her personality and like the person she is like to the table on top of this massive, you know, empire that she's created. Yeah. And I think it's really important for us as women. I don't, I don't really know how men view this, but for <laughs> women, for us to really see people just like doing it real and sharing their worries and their anxieties. I know that when those people start to like share, like, you know, just be vulnerable with me, I connect with them more. And it sounds overdone, but it's so true. Like when I see someone is just a real person, even if they have this really large business empire, it really connects me to them. So she yeah. does that so well. She really does. I absolutely, I hundred percent agree. I love that you picked her. I think she's absolutely awesome. So <laughs> one of the things I wanted to chat with you about when we started under the influence podcast, and I say this every single time, I probably sound like a broken record to our audience right now, but we love to talk about, you know, the power of influence. And I feel like right now we see all these different personal brands and bloggers making all this money and making these actually like established businesses off social media. So one of the ways in which I kind of like to ask is, 
you know, where, what, how do you think that these influencers that are, you know, harnessing these massive amounts of traffic, how can they be a positive inspiration upon their audiences? Well, I love it. So when I think about having a position of influence, I think it's really important that you give back. And so I absolutely love it when influencers that I watch and, um, I can think of like Jenna Kutcher who, you know, helps pays yeah. for people to build water, like uh, develop water lines in different countries and developing countries. Like I absolutely love seeing people use their money for good because again, I can really align to that brand value, being able to reach out to people who are in um, developing countries who need support and who need basically capital to be able to develop some of these things. So for me, I think it's really exciting when I see that, but I feel like it has to align with what they're doing. If they all of a sudden come out and just say, I'm going to give money to X, Y, Z, but it hasn't aligned with their brand all, all along, it can feel really forced. But I think that a good influencer is good at starting out that way in the beginning, like really sharing why it's important to give back and who they care about so that you can get on board and potentially even give back to the same organization that they're working with because you can trust them with it. So. I think there's so much power and I think it's good to give money away. Like the more money you make, the more money you should be giving away to people who need it. And I love watching influencers do that. Absolutely. I love that you're touching on that because one of the things that we do for our second company, the influence movement is that we always partner with a charity for whatever event that we're doing. And we always like to give back because I think that it's really important and again, this goes back to our whole vision of the influence movement is that, you know, we're tapping into really affecting people in the digital space, you know, really, really determining and influencing their lives. So I feel like there needs to be some responsibility for that social good, whether that is giving back, whether that is, you know, being a positive influence or, you know, making sure that you have a responsibility, you know, to uphold. So I love that you talk about giving back. I'm also, I mean, I'm a big fan of charitable givings and just like participating in that. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody specifically that you love like giving back to? Yeah. So my family, we support, um, a refugee group in Sudan. So Sudan is a country in Africa. They basically have, um, kicked out people who don't agree with the northern side of the country. And so there's a lot of refugees. And so right now we're working on building a school for them, an orphanage for them. And these children are actually orphans. They're not only refugees, but they're orphans. They lost their parents in civil war. So it's called, um, it's called Fula. That's F-U-L-A-A. And I just, I love what we're doing. And it's small, like it's small for me, but it's a way for me to connect with something that's going on another country and another continent. So for me, that's really close to me, but I've seen some really cool ones. There's one called Pencils of Promise that my my friend contributes to, and it's basically a similar idea, developing schools for girls in developing nations. So I think that no matter what it is, like what you're passionate about, again, it's just important to just give that to somebody and to something that you're passionate about. So for me, that's what I like to give to, but there's so many great organizations out there that can really move the needle for someone in their life. Absolutely. And then what about like a good influential tip you can give our audience? Hmm. Well, I think we've been kind of circling around this idea, but, and I loved, I talked with you a little bit before we started the podcast and you mentioned blogging. And I think a lot of people think blogging is dead and I just absolutely disagree. So 
I know you've probably heard it. Like we don't own our followers on Instagram and the algorithms are always changing. But the one thing that you can control is what is on your blog. And mm-hmm. I just think it's super important that by having that blog, you, you know, do things like get active on Pinterest or use YouTube or use Instagram to all lead back to that one hub so that you can either get them on your email list so you can stay in touch with your community. So, you know, marketing is a numbers game. And I think by having a blog and being searchable on Google or other, other, you know, searchable platforms, it's just super important. So for me, I think influencers, I, and I love Instagram and I love Instagram stories, but I still think that you need a place to send those followers to so that you can stay connected with them in case algorithms just go bananas. I think that's so true. You know, and I think you are touching on such a really, really crucial point that no one really talks about. Um, I feel like I get the question asked, you know, like, okay, and I'm sure you probably get the same question asked is, you know, where is social media going? Um, And I even had a friend say, you know, what happens, Whitney, when one day, you know, (laughs) social media crashes or the, you know, whatever, the the internet crashes. And I think having that I want to say concrete content, actual words, actual value, living in a space that, you know, drives traffic or a lot, you know, is out there in the space. I feel like that is still very like monumental. Like that's still your foundation. You know, I mean, God forbid one day Instagram is done, you know, where are, where are your people going to go? And I've even had the same thing about with like email, you know, I think email lists are massively huge and very, very important. You know, how are you going to connect with these people after all of a sudden something goes wrong and you don't have your followers anymore? Like you said, you said it was amazing that you said you don't own your followers. And I don't think we truly understand that. And it's just really interesting. I think that's such a good point. I think you're right. Blogging is not dead. I think it, some people are even thinking it's a little bit archaic, but I don't think that. I think it sets you up for the most crucial point of your foundation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we can agree that platforms like Instagram make it super easy to create like microblogging content, like mm-hmm. a square where you just share a little bit of information or even Instagram stories. It's just super easy to use. And I think a lot of reasons why people don't have blogs is the tech aspect, like just setting it up, getting a domain name and all those little pieces. And so I know that's really intimidating, especially if you're already really active on a social media platform that's taking all of your time. But there are so many tools. There are Web designers, it's probably worth your money, I would say, to hire a web designer <laughs> if you already have an active, you know, audience on Instagram. But yeah. if you're small, there's great templates you can use out there. So I would just say, like, start today. Like, you don't have to have it all figured out and commit to blogging, even if it's just once a month, like, and growing that email list day by day. So it's just a hard gap for people to take sometimes, but you have to start somewhere. And so Absolutely. Absolutely. Today could be the day. Yeah. I love that. So I'm going to ask you, where do you see social media going? Like, what do you think is upon the horizon? Interesting. So I see a lot of tribalism in social media. And what I mean is, I think that social media accounts that are most successful are really good at creating tribes. And so I have a sister-in-law and she's an influencer in the, um, the, uh, exercise, like whole nutrition space. And we were talking about how, you know, she could start a challenge on an Instagram story and get her followers to story them back to her so that she could share the story of what her followers were doing. And I was noticing that people who do that really well, and some of my clients do this really well, they create this community and they create this connection where 
this person that you follow basically DM'd you back or replied back to you or shared what you did with their content. And so I think that that is probably the most powerful way of creating a connection on social media that doesn't feel lonely for the content creator. Like we often feel like we're just speaking out into the void, but when you get people engaging back with you, I think it fuels both them and yourself to like keep going. So I think it's like taking a big world and making it small and making it feel really intimate. So I think as long as social media is always connecting people and like allowing people to not feel alone, it's going to thrive. 100%. I love that. So what about any, do you see any like awesome trends? Are you into any trends right now that you're currently like obsessing over? (laughs) This is such a great question. So (laughs) I grew up in Texas and I was a child, let's see, I graduated college in 06. So I'm in my mid thirties. And it was so cool to be super tan. And we would also always go to tanning bags, especially right before like dances. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. did you go to like ITAN? Was it ITAN or which one was I, it? I'm sure ITAN didn't even exist because we didn't have like <laughs> iPhones. It was probably like Palm Beach tanning something. Yes. Or but I feel like right now, like fair skin and pale skin is having a moment and it's trendy to be pale. And like my natural skin tone is really, um, I can tan easily, but I also think my natural skin tone is actually kind of fair. And so I love that fair skin and SPF and like taking care of your skin from sun damage is like cool. Yeah. So that's one trend that I kind of hope sticks around for a long time. I think you're so right. I think, I feel like the like natural, like staying out of the sun, like protecting mm-hmm. your skin, like wearing sunscreen is totally I hope it's not just a moment. I hope it's there to last because it is like, like I always had family being out in Southern California, you know, Mm -hmm. we were, I don't think my dad ever put sunscreen on me or like, I don't think I ever wore a hat. I don't think I've ever wore sunglasses. Like we were just like, they, everyone embraced the sunshine and now we're seeing like all these side effects and everyone's getting cancer. So I hope it's like, not just a moment. I hope it like lasts, but I think you're totally, totally right on. I know because we felt like we had to be so dark. Like even when I got married in 2007, I was so, so tan. And it, when I look back at it now, it just looks so different from the way that I reflect myself now. And so anyway, I feel like there's always been some actresses who just really embraced it, especially like the redheaded actresses who weren't going to be tan. But I feel like there's just a movement and beauty and fashion to just do things more naturally and to like really take care of yourself, you know, like the wellness movement kind of coming into beauty and fashion. So I think I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know how long it's going to last. Let's see. <laughs> I, I hope it lasts, girlfriend. I really, really do. Um, okay. So you, I feel like you've provided so much value. I mean, you mentioned Tailwind. You've clearly mentioned Pinterest. Are there any like new like apps or new hot things on the internet that you're totally, totally in love with right now? I'm really into productivity apps. So there's this really cool app called Forest App. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Okay. So it's basically an app on your phone that does Pomodoro. So Pomodoros are like timed, like productivity sessions where all you do is focus on the task. So you write out your task and say, I'm going to focus on this. I'm not going to get distracted by, you know, whether social media or email or whatever. And so what it does is it actually grows a tree as long as you stay productive. And at the end of it, you get credit. And the people who started the app will actually plant trees, like real trees around the world, if you stay productive. So I think it's really good. It's kind of like that 
measure that productivity, but also working for social good. Like you've got accountability to stay productive. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, just productivity apps in general, because I really like to maximize my time and make sure I'm not getting too distracted by all the noise. Absolutely. And what was that app called again? Forest app. Forest app. Okay. The fact that they plant trees because of how productive you are, like that is like, <laughs> that is my shit. Like that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm going to totally get on. I'm totally jumping on board for that. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and move into some rapid fire. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you a couple questions. They're kind of like icebreaker questions, but I'm just, I'm excited to actually hear your responses again. I feel like you provide so much value. So I'm like really excited to hear you just dive in. Awesome. Okay. So what is your favorite Instagram to stalk? Okay. Well, this is a really hard question for me, but I really like Mindy Kaling because I, again, I just like female um, comedians who have a great sense of humor. They're just really good at owning like who they are. Mm-hmm. I can also think of like Reese Witherspoon is super fun. Like they just make you feel, they just seem so relatable and they are just like super relatable. So those are some for of my sure. ones. Those are, those are two good ones. Okay. Um, your favorite social media hack. For me, I really like automation tools and those productivity tools. So I would say like Tailwind, like just a really powerful way of automating your Pinterest marketing strategy. So like if I had to give anyone one tip, I would say you've got to get that automated. And so Tailwind for me, for sure. Love that. Love that. We're going to have to get Tailwind in here, you know, to sponsor this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. What about, do you have like a self-love or wellness practice that's in your daily routine? Yeah. I would say for me, like journaling, because I really like mm-hmm. to like put my thoughts on paper, paper and circle around to those ideas and really flesh them out. And then I've noticed that like around four, three or four in the afternoon, I always just have to like get outside and just take a quick walk and mm-hmm. breathe and just like turn everything off. So those are the two things for me that just allow me to like, just be still and do nothing else except for those things. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like I have to do the same thing with the going outside and like walking. Have you heard of like grounding? No. What is that? So an influencer that I was watching did it. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's called grounding, but basically it's like going to the beach or going out and like on the grass and like you take your shoes off and you literally like put your phone away and you walk around and like you ground yourself with the earth. And they actually say like your, like your endorphins levels actually change because you're connecting yourself. You're having an experience like with the earth, like your feet are touching the sand, like they're getting cold from the ocean. You know, you're walking around in the fresh grass and you're smelling it. Like it's a very like, um, animalistic approach to like regrounding yourself and kind of giving yourself like that experience. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. I think nature is just super powerful. Like even had a friend send me a message recently where she just talked about like staring at the sunset and how beautiful it was and just mm-hmm. how it made her be still and just stop. Like, in, and I think that there's so many signs of nature that really encourage us just to slow down and realize like how big the world is. And I think it's important that we kind of stop and like see and zoom out, you know, I like to call it like zoom out for a moment. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So changing pace from being still, what is your favorite cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. So I'm, I'm just such a like classic kind of girl that I thought about this. So 
I would say I would always go for a crisp cold glass of champagne. But this Mm -hmm. summer, I feel like it was all about the sparkling rosé, which I know sounds so overdone, but I really do love a good, okay, right? (laughs) Like a good crisp sparkling rosé was just like the perfect treat for the summer. But as we move into the fall, I'll go for just regular champagne. I feel like I used to have like, I feel like Okay. So I worked at a rooftop bar for a little bit and my favorite people, I swear, were always the people that walked in and wanted a glass of champagne. Like (laughs) I feel like there's always a story with them. Like they're always the most interesting people. And I'm like, why? Like, why did you order? Like, do you like it? Are we celebrating? Like, what's your story? Like, I feel like champagne is such a mate, like an amazing like cocktail choice, but I feel like it comes with a story. Always. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't know for me. Like I, I mean, like I do enjoy like margaritas and different things like that, but I don't know when I, when you, when I thought of that question, like the first thing was definitely champagne. I just love a good glass of champagne. Okay. So I have a little, little cocktail that I want you to try next time. And if you hate it, it's okay. So I was with a girlfriend and she would get, she would actually change it up and she'd get Prosecco. Okay. And she'd get Prosecco. Yeah. yeah, And she'd get a splash, splash, excuse me, of St. Germain in it. And okay. oh my goodness, it is amazing. It is so What does St. Germain taste like? What is it? Well, okay, so it's like a sweetener. I want to say it's a liqueur. I'm gonna okay. totally I don't know if that's factual. I'm gonna have to check. Um, <laughs> but it it actually sweetens up a little bit and it's not yeah, it's an elderflower liqueur. Um so, oh, okay, elderflower, yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. you get that little bit of that floral. It's it's uh-huh. sweet, but it it just makes the prosecco, I swear, pop. Even like a really dry champagne, I feel like it might be good with. So you're gonna have to let that me know. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I might have to try that because I really like elderflower. Me so too. I lived in the UK for six years, and that's a really popular like juice flavor, elderflower, because it grows like everywhere, and you can people make their own elderflower juice. Really? So I think I would actually, yeah, I think I would actually really like that. That's a great tip. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So what about, are you a podcast listener? Yes. Um, so I think I really like how I built this with Guy Raz and I mean, he has a great voice, but I think the reason why I like the show is I really like hearing zero to hero stories. Like there's this great episode. I think it's the chicken salad chick. Have you heard, or do you listen to how I built this? You know what? You're like the fifth person that has told me about it and I haven't listened to it yet, but I think I'm probably going to listen to it this weekend because everyone keeps talking about it. So my favorite episode was um, the chicken salad chick. And it's just about this like single mom Her she got a divorce and she needed a way to support her family. And it's a really long story, but she basically has a franchise now that's really popular in the South, Southeast. I don't think there's any in California, but where you are, but they sell chicken salad. And it's such a powerful story of like just endurance and pushing through challenges. And there's a little, you know, there's some trauma in there as well. So I just think it's really, again, it's just so interesting. I think that thanks, I think Sarah Blakely was on there for an episode too, but just like how people built something out of nothing, like it is just so fascinating and not just fascinating, but also super encouraging as a business owner. So mm-hmm. it's just so neat to hear. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to totally listen to that. I feel like I need to now. I love, I love those kind of stories too. I feel like after bootstrapping Akis Marketing and the influence movement, it's like, 
okay, anything is possible. Like we're still working through it. But I mean, hearing people too that come from, you know, really hard beginnings and really just facing so much adversity and just trial, it really does make you kind of look at your own business and your own life in such a different perspective. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so good to hear from and learn from someone else's experience. It's really powerful. Totally. So tell us, do you have like a favorite influencer or like business owner? I know you mentioned the girl that started Spanx, but what, what about, and do you have an, any other? So I think that like one of the most actionable type of influencer that's really influenced me has been makeup. And so several years ago, after I had my third child, um, I was going to be going to a lot of social events for my sister-in-law's wedding and just different things. And I finally decided I need to like figure out the whole contour highlighting thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think that the fat, the, um, the beauty influencers like on YouTube and then on Instagram, like I would literally watch those videos all the time. I would buy the products that they recommend and try them out. So for me, if I think of a influencer movement that's been really powerful, it's definitely been the makeup industry. And I don't watch it as much anymore because I've kind of figured out like, how to do it and like what works with my skin and my, and my um, face shape. But I, I have to say, like, I hope they made lots of affiliate money off of me and other people. (laughs) I love that. You know who my favorite is? And like, I am like shit at doing my makeup. Like I am like a like tinted moisturizer. I have like the glossier makeup or the mascara and like, we're Mm -hmm. calling it a day. And like anyone that knows me knows that I'm like, I just can't, I don't know what I'm doing and it's great but I cannot stop watching Desi Perkins. And I think it's because her personality is so hilarious, but like, she's so good at what she does. I have to look that up. Oh my gosh. She she is the best. And my favorite thing about her is that for Halloween. Okay. So she's like, I mean, she's done like Kim Kardashian's makeup. Uh, Okay. She's like just an awesome, awesome beauty makeup artist influencer and Uh the favorite part about her is that she has such a good sense of humor like for Halloween she got invited to some crazy like Hollywood party naturally she dressed up as a giant chicken and it was like an inflatable suit and like she did her makeup but literally go find her on Instagram go watch this video of her walking around in a giant inflatable chicken suit and she's like hot. Like she's like this cute, really hot chick. And she's just like running around in a chicken suit. And it is the best thing of my life. Like it gives me, it makes me so happy to see that someone like her just has this like amazing personality and like is totally not afraid to be funny. I love that because she knows her audience and she knows that they want to be silly and it's not always about being serious. But oh, I'm yeah. sure she's providing like, I'm looking at her, her stuff. I'm sure she's providing like so much value too. So I think you got to mix it up and just be like real and not always just be so, you know, polished and perfect. So that's hilarious. I love that. Amen. And you know what? I'm going to totally wrap this episode on that because I feel like that was the perfect way to end. Be real. I love it. Have some laughs. And Vanessa, you have been seriously so amazing. I can't thank you enough for literally all the value you've shared. I mean, even from starting how to start with Pinterest, how to really leverage, you know, your Pinterest strategy, and even talking about, you know, what ways we can really kind of better ourselves in the digital space. So I thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, yeah. And if you want to sign up for my email, I do have a free Pinterest startup guide at vanessakines.com. That's K-Y-N-E-S. 
And if you're interested in getting more um, and digging more into your Pinterest strategy, I'm totally here to help. I love that. So audience, please go check her out. I know we're actually going to chat a little bit for some of our clients because I feel like I can't live without you now. So it's (laughs) going to be awesome. But Vanessa, thank you again for going under the influence with us. Thank you.